Hey everybody, welcome to The Eric Show. That's right, the uh, latest in-joke turned actual thing in the Bloody Good Horror universe. If you're new to Bloody Good Horror in general, just know this is not the normal show that you'll be hearing in this feed. This is actually meant as a special for patrons. Uh, However, uh, for various reasons, we are going to give this first episode out on the free feed. So please enjoy. If you like any of the music you hear tonight, please check out our friend BC's game Halloween Forever on the Steam Store. He was kind enough to provide its amazing soundtrack for our use for this show. That is Halloween Forever on Steam. So that's it for now. Please enjoy episode one of The Eric Show. Make your own damn podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode one of The Eric Show. Uh, Not the first inside joke in Bloody Good Horror history to ever become a real thing, uh, but maybe the last? Uh, We'll find out. Anyway, so, you know, it's kind of been a joke that I would do this show as sort of stream of consciousness, uh, but I actually, I'm not really sure what it's going to turn into at this point, but the idea that I had for the first episode was, you know, constantly throughout the years we've gotten this question of, how do you produce a podcast? Um, first thing, before we get to that, you may notice that uh, there's some background noise. I decided that the only way the show is ever going to happen is if I just record in my car. I can't take credit for that idea. Um, actually, the guy who is responsible for Magic the Gathering, for kind of creative designing all that stuff, his name is Mark Rosenwater, I think. Um, he does a show just like this. He kind of records once a week on the way to work. That was where I got the idea. Um, so anyway, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through like the basic, like a week in the life of BGH, how we record a show. And then I'm going to go through if I were starting a podcast today, how, how would I go about that? Because to be honest with you, um, we have arrived at the production practices at BGH through, you know, literally 10 years of trial and error of going through sort of different production setups. And, and it's adapted along the way to fill a sort of certain set of needs that I don't really think like a first time podcaster would have. Um, so day to day, bloody good horror, you know, we come up with a topic for a movie. Typically, if you're listening to the show, which I assume you are, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, we'll do something on the theaters. So then we, we, once we all see it, we start an email chain and we, we talk about this on the show a lot, but literally there are weeks where we'll exchange like a hundred emails with each other, just kind of, you know, sussing out our feelings ahead of time. We find that it's actually really helpful to, uh, filter like a little bit of the emotion out. You know, you don't want it to be completely sterile by the time you get to the show, but like early on, we found that a lot of like fights were breaking out. You know, we're all really passionate about what we do. And as much as I think sometimes people enjoy the banter and a little back and forth, ultimately that stuff actually tends to detract from, you know, the quality of the review. So that's not really important for the production aspect. But if you're managing a podcast with a bunch of people, Uh, it's something that's really helpful. I also suggest really having somebody who is the kind of lead on content. You know, when we talk about people's positions on the show, you know, like that is not a joke. Schnars really runs the business. 
Um, Mark runs the site day to day. Joe is pretty much all social media with some help from Casey. And, um, you know, I do the show. Like, I kind of direct the show and we're live on air. I don't really, like, totally dictate behind the scenes. That's more of a um, democracy. But when it comes to kind of, like, leading the show, you really need somebody who is paying attention to time, um, is, you know, has a kind of mental checklist of the things you want to hit if it's that type of show. So having somebody to take the lead is really important, but you also need other people to kind of step up and fill in those other holes for you. Uh, you know, teamwork is the way to go. Um, so week to week we record right now we are, we do the show over Skype. We are all in like very separate areas of the country. I'm in Boston, Mark's in Florida. Schnarr's of course coming to you from Manhattan and Casey's in Indiana. So, um, you know, that has its ups and downs. The upside of Skype is that we can literally do a show from like separate ends of the country, uh, which is technologically kind of an amazing thing. If I were starting my own show, you know, ideally everybody's in the same place because that way your, your audio quality is going to be infinitely better. Because one of the things that drives me nuts about Skype is that you can have incredible microphones on everybody and, you know, the sound coming back to you over Skype is always going to sound flat. It's always going to be a little compressed because it's kind of bundling everybody up. It's doing its own kind of interpolation of that audio and then it's sending it to you and it's getting interpreted, I assume, again on my end. So um, if you can do everything live in person, do it. If not, you know, Skype is a perfectly fine opportunity as we've kind of been able to show over the years. So we do the show over Skype. Everything is recorded on my end and I use a program called XSplit. So this program was, it's actually designed for video game streamers, but for what we do, it's perfect because it allows me to take in all these sources. I take in Skype. Um, I, I, have a, I have an audio board with a bunch of inputs and I play the bumpers off of an iPad. The iPad goes into the board. That gets mixed in what's called a mix minus with my voice and sent back over Skype so that the guys hear the bumpers. I do not recommend even attempting that kind of thing over Skype right away. You know, it took us 10 years, literally 10 years to get there. And the only reason I was able to is because we were finally able to invest in, um, you know, some the proper hardware. As for, and then even setting it up, like it was beyond me. I spent hours watching really kind of bootleg tutorials on YouTube to try to set this up. And if I had to like break it all down today and set it up somewhere else, I guarantee I would have problems. So like I wouldn't go that way. And we'll get to the, you know, we'll get to the simplified way uh, of doing it in a little bit. But first, I am going to drink some water. All right. So it's all coming in over Skype. While um, we're recording in XSplit, I'm recording locally. And that file later is going to become the podcast uh, the mp3 that goes in the feed uh, but also we are streaming and if you're a patron over three dollars a month hopefully you've seen this we stream the show in full video um, every week live so you can literally tune in you can watch us if you're you know every once in a while occasionally you get to see a complete shit show unfold like the day that I had to literally leave the show and drive into work you know people who are streaming the show like we had to stop the recording, but everyone streaming saw us kind of sitting there deliberating about what to do. 
So not really important to anything, but just kind of a fun little bonus you get as a patron. So we're recording locally. We're sending video, um, 1080p video live to YouTube, which to do both of those things, honestly, is pretty, pretty resource intensive um, and is going to depend a lot on your processor and also your graphics card. Just something to keep in mind. You know, your stock graphics card um, in like a pre-built PC may not be able to handle that. It's also going to be really taxing on your upload speed. Uh, so I'm lucky to have Fios where I live, which gives me a really good speed. And then I go directly into the computer. So now like when we're setting up uh, other people on the show to do this, I always tell them like, I know it's convenient. It sounds like something a crazy person would do, but if you have to run like a 50 foot cat five cable to your computer, you need to do it. If you are going to try to stream video, like it's just the only way it's going to happen. Um, so we record the show, everything's done live to tape, which means, you know, I do a little bit of post-processing, but no real editing. You know, back in the day we would record in uncompressed wave and then I would bring it into Adobe Premiere because I, you know, I'm a video editor by day. So it was kind of my wheelhouse. And then I would edit it, edit just audio in Premiere and export it as an MP3. Today, we're basically, everything is playing and recording live. The show kind of is what it is once we hit stop. Um, that's another thing I don't really recommend because I, um, I don't think it's necessary for somebody starting out. And I think that it actually kind of hamstrings you in a way. You know, record the audio raw when you can as a wave or an AIF and just kind of, that gives you, then learn some editing software like Get Audacity. And we'll, I guess we'll get to that in a minute, but. So then at the end, I have an MP4. I throw that into, you know, I have the uh, Creative Suite for Adobe, which can be expensive. I was able to get it through work, so I didn't really have to deal with that, so I was lucky. You know, and again, it's like with any of this stuff, look around in your life and try to use anything that might be helpful to you. You know, like you never know the kind of resources you have at your fingertips until you, until you start looking, asking around, um, that sort of thing. So I take the MP4, I throw it into Audition. It strips off the video. From there, I run what's called a compressor. So these are two key things you're going to want is compression and noise removal. Um, and an audio compressor it's actually kind of a misnomer, you know, because when you when you hear the word compress, you're thinking, oh, I'm, you know, degrading the quality of the audio to squeeze it down, which is one meaning of compression. But the when you're talking about audio filtering, what compression actually does is it takes your peaks and it takes your valleys. It takes your like really high, you know, uh, signals that might have been overmodulated, like maybe somebody's mic is too loud or, you know, in my case, sometimes the bumpers are loud. And it takes those moments when things are really low and it sort of, it doesn't match them, but it kind of brings them together. It, it, it shortens the range between the highs and the lows. So it kind of squeezes them together a little bit. And to the listener's ear, that gives them much less of a feeling like, you know, something is bad in the mix. And unfortunately, it's not foolproof. There have been plenty of times when we were, you know, I recorded the show way off and I was able to kind of, um, fix it just enough in post where I was, uh, comfortable putting it out, you know, and I have like a pretty high standard. I've had multiple conversations with guys, with our guys offline of like, guys, we recorded this show. I screwed something up. I really don't want to put it out. 
Um, and to their credit, you know, they're not as, you know, immersed in the audio quality stuff. And I, but, but that's helpful to me because I think that puts them more in league with your average listener. So when they're saying to me, let me hear it, you know what, it's not that bad, put it out. You know, I just put it out because it really is a shame to kind of lose, you know, something that you put that much work into for something that listeners, especially the diehard fans, like might not care that much about. So you run your compression, that levels it out. And then Audition has a really nice noise filter as well. You run that. Um, and, and in order to do that, you need to record some ambient noise. About five to 10 seconds is usually good so that you can tell it, you give it a sample basically and say, here's what the room noise sounds like. And sometimes it's just a hiss from a microphone, but sometimes it's literal like, you know, an air conditioner or something. And then you have it try to remove it. It's another effect you have to be careful with because if you let it go too far, it's going to actually really impact the way your voice sounds because it actually starts clipping off the edges of your voice because it can hear, you know, as you're starting and stopping talking, it's hearing a little bit of that fuzz and so it clips it off. So you want to run it at not 100%. And I believe that Audacity uh, has that function if you want to go that route. You know, and that's not even something that I would recommend for a first time show to even worry about until you start to kind of get your feet a little bit and you can focus on the technical stuff. So I compress, I remove audio, I just kind of trim up the beginning and the end to make sure it's tight because there's always a little silence on either end. And then I export as an MP3. Um, we do 128 kilobytes per second. That gave me you know, a little better quality than I was getting from 112, which is what I hear a lot of podcasts use. Generally though, like most programs these days are gonna give you really good MP3 compression. That's something that's like improved unbelievably since we started the show. Like MP3 compression 10 years ago was actually really bad. And we were putting out shows that I felt like sounded great to me on raw. And then when I exported them, they sounded like shit comparison wise and that stuff really bugged me. So people starting today, I think are lucky in a lot of ways. Um, and that's one of them. So. That's it. I put the MP3 out. When we're streamed to YouTube, that video automatically gets uploaded for people to enjoy. Uh, and then we call it a day. And then we just kind of like, you know, I go into YouTube and I trip, trim off the pre-show usually. Um, so that's something you only get if you're watching the stream as it happens. And then we kind of move on to the next week. So that's kind of the week in the life of BGH portion. Um, to me, if you were... If you were going to start a podcast in 2017 today, <clears throat> um, like where would I start? You know, we're going to drink water first. So while you contemplate that. To me, you know, you got to ask yourself some questions. You got to find your content, which is kind of beyond me. You know, you just find something you're passionate about and go from there. Um, are you going to be a one person show? Or are you going to be a multiple-person show? Are you going to be in person or over Skype? But to me, like, the ideal... If I was going to start a show today with limited resources, this is what I would do. There's a program that we use to... All we use it for is to play bumpers from an iPad. It's called Boss Jock, B-O-S-S-J-O-C-K. Costs, like, maybe 5 bucks or something, maybe 10 bucks. I don't remember. But one time 
cost in the App Store. You can get it on your phone or on the iPad. So, like, literally anybody with a phone could get this app. You know, you could go online and spend under $100 to get, um, if it's a single-person show, you can get, like, a lavalier mic for your iPhone, which is actually what I'm using right now. Um, they have these cool kind of setups with, like, dual-directional microphones that it's kind of like two little arms coming up and jutting a little microphone out in two different directions. To me, that's what I would do if I was going to set up like a two person podcast. And then I would just find a way to just kind of set my, um, you could also, there's probably setups too, where you could just do two lapel mics that would work really, really well too. And the, the barrier for entry for like pricing on that stuff is actually super cheap. Um, you know, if you don't go like high end. So, Boss Jock, the app, it literally does everything. If you wanted, you could load in bumpers, you could play the bumpers live, you could, you know, have your mics go in, you could mix it all live and record in the app all at the same time. So then when you're done with that, you just hook the app up to, the quality seems pretty good. Um, You can export it uncompressed if you want. And this is actually, this is how I'm doing this show now, at least this portion. And then you hook it up to Dropbox, give it your Dropbox. Um, You can use SoundCloud too, but I don't really have a SoundCloud account. So you hook it up to Dropbox and it like FTPs your finished uncompressed file. And then you can edit from there. If you want to edit, you know what I mean? Do it raw, export it raw. If you want to do everything live to tape, then just it'll make you an MP3 or an MP4, which is really cool. Um, That kind of technology was not around when we started at all you know it's actually kind of incredible like the more you know we don't really dig into it much for the main show but now that i'm using it for this thing i'm like wow this is actually like kind of amazing and there's a depth to it that even i don't understand um with the way that you can set up sequences for a show and time your bumpers and all that stuff and you can even have it um like auto duck the music so like you could play a bumper like our intro and when you start talking, it'll automatically lower. That's really cool. Like ours on the show is actually pre-edited. So apparently it wouldn't even need to do that. Although probably with the way we're doing things, I would, but like I have pre-edited that in Premiere so that at a certain point, the music ducks and then I start talking. That's kind of like a lo-fi workaround for the way somebody would do it in radio. So that's what I would do. Get it, use your smartphone, use your iPad, buy a mic or some kind of uh, like multi-directional mic situation and sit around a table and record with friends. Like that would be a really great way to start. Um, If you're going to do it over Skype, I don't recommend doing a mix minus like we do. I think that in that case, what I would do is find some kind of software where you can record raw. Uh, So that's a WAV file or an MP3 or a WAV or an AIF if you're on a Mac. you know, the, the audio that we get from the video coming out of XSplit is MP4. It's not a format that I'm super familiar with, but it, the sound quality is really good. So I haven't really sweated the fact that it's not like fully uncompressed because if I can't hear it to my ear, then I'm not worried about it because I don't think most people would. So, you know, get a recording program. I think Audacity really, like if you're on a budget, is going to be your friend because it's open source it can do versions of like everything I've talked about Adobe Audition doing. I'm and you can edit right inside of it. I'm not very good with it because it's just kind of 
it's different from some of the software that I'm used to. But I know people with really good professional sounding podcasts that do everything in Audacity, including, I, I believe, recording from Skype. And again, you know, like YouTube is your friend. Go to YouTube, watch some bootleg, you know, tutorial that some guy recorded from Germany or something, you know, if you can make it through it with like shitty graphics and stuff. But whatever it is you're trying to figure out, someone else has already figured it out and they put it on YouTube, you know? So really like that's kind of what's cool about doing this in 2017 is the work has been done for you. All you have to do is kind of go out and curate the information that you need for what you want to do. Um, so yeah, that would be the other option, I think. Record over Skype, record it raw, then edit in bumpers later in a program like Audacity or, you know, best case scenario, you can get your hands on the Adobe Creative Suite and then you can edit either in Premiere or in Audition. Like Audition is kind of complicated. It's a very professional tool for audio editing, but it's worth it. You know, if you put the time in, the tools in Audition are gonna be infinitely more powerful and work better than, um, than Audacity. Like Audacity will do a version of all those things, but Audition's always gonna do it better. Um, but again, like, you know, it doesn't matter. So make your show, if you're editing, you know, spit out your MP3 that's either 112 or 128 kilobytes around that neighborhood and then you're good to go. So your last piece of the puzzle is hosting. Um, and I'll save you a ton of work. I'm not being paid by them, believe me, but like you wanna use who we use and that's Libsyn. L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And there may be other, other companies that do the same thing, but what's incredible about Libsyn is they charge you a flat fee no matter how many people download your show. In the early days of Bloody Good Horror, we were using a different site and they charge for download bandwidth, which means if we had a particularly good month, um, we got screwed. We had to pay for extra bandwidth or our show literally got taken offline, which when you're trying to build up a fan base, even on a small level, that can be kind of devastating. You know, every minute your show's down, you're not finding, you're not finding new people to come and listen to it. So go to Libsyn, you pay a flat monthly fee, and basically the only way it limits you is upload, you know, how much you're uploading a month. So every one of our shows is about 75 megabytes. So for four shows a month, we need less than 500 megabytes. I don't know what the plans are off the top of my head. You know, you could, if you're on a budget, you could squeak more out of a limited plan by clamping down on your MP3 compression a little bit, you know, and having a little bit of a trade-off with quality. You know, if you're on a budget, it's just a sacrifice you might have to make, but it's a way that you can get in to one of those tiers without kind of breaking the bank. Um, you know, so that does everything for you. It puts it into iTunes. It creates your podcast RSS feed that people can subscribe to. Like all that stuff is really done for you now, which is really nice. You know, and in your early days, iTunes reviews are going to be the biggest thing people can do for you because the more positive reviews you have, the more you're going to surface when people are searching for other podcasts. Um, I also recommend, and this is kind of an esoteric thing, but if you can at all help it, put the word horror movie, the phrase horror movies 
in your title, even if it's just like the subtitle, you know, and I, and I get it because a lot of those titles have kind of been taken, right, with like horror movies in the title, but, and, and so people like to get a little more cutesy and esoteric with it, but to me, I just feel like that is like death to your Google searches. So even if it's, you know, fancy name, colon, or fancy name, dash, a horror movie review podcast, I really believe that is going to help infinitely if your ultimate goal is to have people find you. You know, and then from there, just get out, work social media, you know, try to get, uh, you know, I've had some people over the years solicit me for feedback on their shows. I, Evan was actually one of them. Evan, you know, founding member of BGH, the new class, he had a show called, I think it was called Pod Slash. And where they kind of, him and his friend did a sort of face-off over movies. And early on, he wrote me in and asked me for advice. You know, it took me, you know, straight up, it took me a long time to get back to him, but I did eventually kind of write him back. I wouldn't recommend sending things to me, honestly, because, like, with the baby these days, I'm so ridiculously busy all the time that uh, it would probably take me a long time to get back and, and just kind of preemptively warning you on that. But, you know get feedback from your peers and don't be afraid to iterate. You know, the, the beginning version of whatever you do is not going to be what it ends up as, but it's really important for someone doing this to just get it, get something out on paper, get something out in MP3 form, come up with a loose outline, you know, come up with a loose plan, record it, put it out into the world and then iterate from there. Listen to it twice after you do it listen for the technical things listen for things you know you can do better or different as a host and just you know just continue to slowly iterate over time that's all we have done if you go back and listen to our early shows on patreon they are awful you know but at the time we were just having fun and we just kept doing it and you that's kind of how you accumulate an audience you know, and, and I've had long periods of time where I haven't tweaked anything on the show, but I've always had that bug in the back of my head that never fully went away of like, I want to make this better. So then, you know, I just had to strike at those moments when I had the right motivation and the right amount of free time to get in there and retool things. You know, the latest one being getting the show live to tape, getting it so that the guys can hear the bumpers. Like that has been something I've literally worked towards for 10 years, you know? And so like when people ask us how we did it, my response honestly is like, we did it accidentally. You know, we just kept doing it and we kept trying to make it better and somewhere along the line found an audience. You know, we hit the sweet spot where people were enjoying it and we kind of found the audience from there. Um, So yeah, there you have it. Make your own damn podcast, I guess, is the moral of this. Uh, but that's kind of a very drawn out version of what I email people when they email me that question. So, you know, if you have specific podcasts and questions, feel free to hit me up info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Or honestly, it's even easier just to hit me up on Twitter. I'm Eric BGH and I can, you know, I can answer specific podcast questions if you have them as far as the Eric show, which you, uh, congratulations. You've just listened to the first episode. I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be. I have some other ideas sketched out uh, for things I want to talk about. A lot of it is kind of dealing with behind the scenes and the history of Bloody Good Horror 
Uh, and then I would kind of want to branch out from there a little bit. So if you have other show ideas, things you want to hear me rant about, hit me up, Eric BGH on Twitter. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the show, guys. I am now at work, so I have to go. Uh, so until next time, this has been The Eric Show. <laughs>